You are listening to Heal Your Natural Wellness Podcast, episode number one. Today, we're talking about breath work. Learn how to breathe to your full capacity to build a stronger core, increase energy, and reduce pain. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Astrid here. Welcome to Heal Your Natural Wellness Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Heal Your Natural Wellness Podcast is produced once a week. For your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.healyournaturally.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at heal, the letter U, underscore naturally, and on Facebook at healyournaturally.com. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Jennifer Houghton, and she's been a yoga and fitness instructor for over 25 years. And she is also the founder of BountifulYogaAndWellness.com, which you could check out later. Welcome, Jennifer, to our show. Hey, Astrid. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. Great to have you. Jennifer, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, awesome. So like you said, I've been teaching yoga and fitness for a while now. And I like to work with people who are new to yoga, uh, especially if they're just giving it a try for the first time when they're, let's say, about over the age of 40, because there are different physical considerations when you're over 40 versus when you're 20 and you're doing yoga or fitness. And uh, I have an understanding of the needs of people over 40. I have what I like to call a seasoned body myself. (laughs) I've been I've been through some stuff plus um, uh, I'm making as much as an effort as I can to keep my body healthy well into my 90s and uh, I love to share all of the goodies from yoga and fitness that helps other people as well yes that's fantastic I think we're all striving for that you know we all try and eat healthy and that's what this show is all about sharing a lot of good healthy information and but while reading the notes you talk about fight or flight stress and breath work Tell us a little bit more about what happens when someone is in a state of chronic stress. Right. So when someone's in a state of chronic stress, the body and mind enter into fight or flight state. And while that fight or flight state is important for survival in the wild, um, it mobilizes us, it makes us run faster, we can throw spears further and stronger. Um, The problem is that in the Western world, in the modern world, we respond to psychological stresses in the same way as we respond to physical danger. So all of those things that happen in the body when we're faced with uh, like a big bear uh, mm-hmm. happen in our bodies when we're faced with mental stresses or everyday stresses. Like, so for example, if if you're sitting at your desk and uh, your boss comes up and starts criticizing you, um, you can't very well get up and run or throw his fear. Um, and so so we end up going into that state of uh, fight or flight uh, from everyday chronic stresses. And we end up um, chronically in a mild to moderate fight or flight or stress state. And we've forgotten how to relax. Mm, wow, that is very interesting. It is true. Like sometimes we're in certain situations where there's nothing you could do, you, you know, at work or whether you're in a car accident and you just can't 
at that particular moment. So that definitely increases the, the, the stress level. As we all know, stress can be extremely detrimental to our mental and overall health. According to the American Institute of Stress, about 66% of Americans suffer from chronic stress. Jennifer, what happens to our bodies when we go into fight or flight mode? Why don't you explain to us a little bit? Yeah, when we go into fight or flight state, there's a number of things that happen in the body. Uh, one of the things that happens is uh, our digestion slows. And so if there's a huge threat, um, we actually stop digesting completely. Mm. Um, the body becomes less supportive of systems of elimination, reproduction, immune system, sleep, and relaxation hormones. So the body's diverting blood to the muscles rather than to internal organs, which aren't necessary for immediate survival. So our muscles are tensing up. Uh, we lose our ability to speak clearly because, again, that's not something that's required for immediate survival. Mm -hmm. um, we also, one of the significant things that happens when we go into fight or flight is our breathing rate increases. So fight or flight has the power to take over the overall functioning of our bodies and it actually inhibits things that normally happen when we relax. And one of the most significant things to note is that when fight or flight reactions persist, it can actually result in an increase in pain sensations for some people, especially people who are experiencing chronic pain. So the part of the nervous system that regulates pain responses stays wound up and it gets hypersensitive. So mm. when we're stuck in fight or flight, uh, for some people, this might mean that it actually takes less physical force or pressure than normal for them to experience a sensation of pain. And in some cases, it may even result in normally harmless signals like touch or mild heat or cold to actually be misread by the nervous system as pain. So our nervous system literally uh, becomes hijacked by the fight or flight reactions. Oh, wow. That's quite interesting. Very interesting. Now, while reviewing the notes for the podcast, I found this passage and that really caught my attention. I'm going to read it to you guys real quick. It's not too long. Healing comes when the physical and mental letting go occurs, similar to the way the tiger experiences the coming and going of threat, tensing in response to danger. And as the threat passes, the tiger's muscles shake, twitch, and let go right then and there, the fear-related energy, which now is forever out of mind and body. So animals in the wild instinctively discharge all their compressed energy and seldom develop adverse uh, symptoms. So Jennifer, based on this, tell us how does this behavior differ from human behavior? And let's talk about the third F, which I think is very important. Everyone pay attention. Yeah, that third F is really significant um, in our modern lives. Um, so there's a, a doctor, his name is Peter A. Levine, or it could be Levine, sorry if I mispronounced it. And he wrote a fantastic book called Waking the Tiger, Healing Trauma, the Innate Capacity to Transform Overwhelming Experiences. And in it, he examines why animals in the wild are often threatened, 
but they rarely become traumatized. Whereas human beings are traumatized by seemingly ordinary experiences. And we have a harder time than animals in releasing trauma and we carry it throughout our lives. So if we go back to that example of like you're sitting at your desk and your boss is reaming you out and even though you feel like you just want to get up and run down the hall or <laughs> you want to reach into your desk and pull out a handy club and you know start swinging it around, you can't do that, right? So you kind of have to sit there. And, and we freeze. So mm. for social reasons, that's the third F. We end up in that freeze state. We can't run. We can't throw a spear or start using our fists. And then what happens is that residual energy, that energy that gets built up from the stress, from the perceived threat, it doesn't go away. It persists in our bodies. And it often causes... Uh, a wide variety of symptoms like anxiety and mm -hmm. depression and uh, things that persist in our bodies like persistent pain and mystery pain like sometimes someone will have a pain for a very long time and they're not really sure where it came from or why it's there um, or uh, sometimes people will get in a car accident and um, it's a soft tissue injury. And mm -hmm. years later, it seems like, well, technically speaking, that those soft tissues should have healed, and yet they still have pain in that area. And it's partly because of the freeze thing. We weren't able to get rid of that um, residual energy. And it's partly because the nervous system has stayed wound up. It got, became hypersensitive. It continued to produce pain sensations. Uh, it got better at producing pain sensations and it got stuck in that mode. Wow. And so, yeah, so the, the, that kind of pain, whether it's emotional or physical, it can actually persist in the body for a very long time. Wow, that's interesting. I think we were talking about this um, in another occasion where I I was talking about back pain and how that relates with all of this, or or like you just said, any type of pain. Like for those of us who have back issues or neck issues, how does that relate um, to this third F or to the whole process? You know, the the three Fs or the third F. Well, it. it it kind of depends on uh, the cause of the back pain mm -hmm. and and then the, the choices that someone makes um, on how to deal with it and how to treat it. So if, let's say it's caused by an injury or some sort of acute condition, like say a, a bulging disc or something, mm -hmm. um, and someone decides that they're just going to ignore it. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to do that. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they just ignore it. It doesn't go away, and but they're getting they're still stressed out about it. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't dealt with it, um, it and it's going to continue to persist. Where versus somebody who you know gets immediate treatment, uh, and at the same time. Uh, you know, doesn't worry about it. <laughs> it yeah. continues with their life. They continue with activities that help them relax. They continue to do um, things that give them pleasure. They do some yoga. They do some deep breathing. They do mm -hmm. some meditation. And that all enhances the healing process. It'll probably uh, help the nervous system stand down. 
And that pain will go away faster. The nervous system won't adapt in a way that it, it starts getting better and better at producing those pain, pain sensations. Mm-hmm. It'll actually start to move into relaxation mode. So it is really important when someone has had a condition, an injury, or surgery, that they they take the time and they put some effort, <laughs> put some effort into relaxing, uh, helping to relax the mind and relax the body, and then they're less likely to um, get stuck in that fight or flight state and or that state of chronic and persistent pain. Pain, excellent. Well, that actually brings us to our next question, and this is a very important topic too. How does breath work relaxes us, and why is it so critical for our nervous system and overall health, posture, core stability, etc.? Right. So like we were talking about before, uh, one of the things that happen when we go into that fight-or-flight mode is our breath becomes shallower, and it becomes faster. Hmm. However, when we do deep breathing, that takes us into relaxation mode. So when we do deep breathing, the brain perceives that the body is relaxing and it sends out more relaxation messages to the body. So when the mind senses that the body is successful at relaxing, the mind relaxes and it sends more messages to the body to relax and so on. Mm. So the brain, the brain is learning by observing what the body is doing and uh, a cycle develops. The body and the brain start to work together to produce more relaxation hormones than stress hormones. A positive feedback loop develops. Relaxation of the body begets relaxation of the mind, which begets more relaxation of the body, and so on. So different things are happening in our bodies when we do slow, deep breathing versus when we're doing fast, shallow breathing. So when we do slow, deep breathing, we're actually activating the lower lobes of the lungs, Mm -hmm. which activate the relaxation response in the body. Whereas if we're doing that chronic mouth breathing or chest breathing, it actually activates stress receptors in the upper lobes of the lungs, and that stimulates the rest of the fight or flight reaction. The body thinks it's an emergency when we do that fast, shallow breathing. Oh, wow. That is pretty intense. So you guys need to understand this, how crucial it is to basically be aware of how you breathing is, you know, and when you're stressed out, when you're in a particular situation, definitely try to be aware and based on these techniques, go back to breathing, you know, slowly and getting your, you know, slow, getting your breath back to normal, no matter what the circumstance is, correct? Absolutely. And, and one of the other things that you can do is you can think about inhaling through your nose more often than through your mouth. And again, this will stimulate the lower lobes of the lungs more than gulping air in through your mouth, which is what we do when we're in those stress, stress situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so gulping air in through the mouth, that's our emergency mode of breathing. And so what happens when you do rapid mouth breathing? Hyperventilation. <laughs> oh, yes. We're taking in too much oxygen, we're breathing out too much CO2, and that puts our body out of balance and we get dizzy. And so it, it has a, a really significant effect on the body, uh, whether you're doing slow, deep breathing or whether you're doing fast, shallow breathing. Interesting. That's fantastic. Now, in the notes right here, I also see blood pH 
Um, mm-hmm. Can you, this is quite interesting, can you balance blood pH with breathing exercises? Uh, when we do that, that kind of hyperventilation breathing, when we're uh, gasping in and out through the mouth, it does, uh, like I said, it, we end up breathing out too much CO2, and that has an effect on what's happening in the body. And when we do that slow breathing, when we breathe out slowly, it returns the blood pH to normal, and it happens very quickly. It can happen in four to six seconds. Wow, that's fantastic. Guys, another reason to practice your breathing and breathe to full capacity. This is excellent information. Um, Jennifer, now, how does this amazing way of breathing build core strength? That's another thing that we've been talking about uh, for those... of you who have back issues including myself you know healing a herniated disc because of a sports injury or if you've been dealing with back pain chronic back pain or neck pain um it is oftentimes very hard to do crunches or certain exercises because you don't want to aggravate the condition so i think this is a perfect way to build core strength how does how does this whole thing um, connect to core strength and how can you build a better core strength? Yeah, that's absolutely true. You definitely uh, can start to build your core strength even if an injury is preventing you from being able to do uh, any significant amount of exercise to get yourself strong again. And that's because the diaphragm is a core muscle. It's an essential core muscle. And it not only plays an important role in breathing, but it also also provides core stability. So um, the diaphragm is a dome-shaped muscle that separates the thoracic and the abdominal cavities. So it separates the top of the torso from the bottom of the torso. The lungs sit on top of the diaphragm and the internal organs are below it. So um, when the diaphragm and the lungs are operating properly, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that are happening include when we inhale, the diaphragm presses downward. And when we exhale, the diaphragm moves upwards. And um, during an inhale, when the diaphragm is pressing down, the internal organs and the abdominal area get pressed downwards and outwards. So the diaphragm is a significant muscle. It does a lot of work. Um, When we perform the deep breathing action that Mm -hmm. creates the full movement of the diaphragm, the abdominal muscles get activated also. There's a lot of little abdominal muscles um, connected to the rib cage and deeper into the abs that help the diaphragm do that up and down movement. One of the... Yeah, and so that's uh, significant uh, to helping the entire core stay strong. The other thing is the movement of the diaphragm, like studies have actually shown that the movement of the diaphragm changes the pressure in the thoracic cavity. And that pressure that builds up as the diaphragm moves up and down actually stabilizes the spine. Wow. That's fantastic because that's that's something that a lot of people deal with. Like if, you know, when you go to a physical therapist, they try to do um, spine balancing exercises. And sometimes even those exercises could be still not safe when you have like a 
an acute injury like a like when you have a herniated disc or things like that so this definitely works perfectly in sort of like a passive way to balance the spine correct would you say that it's like a passive way to help balance the spine absolutely like it's tricky when you've got a spinal injury to to do movement and exercise without without experiencing further pain and and if you're already in pain and if movement causes pain then that causes you to tense up even more so yeah you want to find a way to to get stronger without hurting yourself even more <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah and and strengthening core muscles like it's 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 a significant um It has a significant strengthening impact, like that movement of the diaphragm. And also, when we're doing full, deep breathing, the lungs are expanding in all directions. They don't just expand forwards. They expand backwards. They expand down. They expand up. And this stretches and activates tissues and muscles that surround the lungs. So all of those muscles uh, in your rib cage and your mid-back, those are getting activated when you do deep breathing. Wow, that's excellent. That is one more thing that you guys could add to your repertoire for those of you who have um, expressed, you know, the, the because of back pain, you wanted to, to listen to this podcast. This is definitely one of those things that you want to add to your work to workout routine or physical therapy routine and talk about it with your physical therapist. Um, that's fantastic. Now, like I read in, in one of your awesome articles and in your notes, we often underestimate the importance of breathing to full capacity. For example, when the diaphragm, like you said, is weak, the neck, shoulder, and chest muscles get recruited to help with breathing, resulting in overwork and pain in those muscles. So Jennifer, what happens when we don't breathe to our full capacity? Um, so some of the things that happen uh, when we take short, shallow breaths, um, we're breathing, we end up breathing into the upper chest and the upper lobes of the lungs, and the lower lobes of the lungs don't get used. Um, the diaphragm muscle loses its strength and it becomes weaker over time. And one of the reasons that people may not be breathing, breathing to their full capacity is if the muscles of the torso are overly tight or if they're overly tense, and that includes ab muscles, rib cage muscles, and back muscles, this actually reduces the ability of the lungs to expand fully, and it prevents the diaphragm from moving through its full range of motion. So the diaphragm just keeps getting weaker and weaker. And Studies have found that people with limited capacity in their diaphragms are more at risk for developing back pain. Wow. Do you mind repeating that, Jennifer? Because I want everyone to remember that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Studies have found that people with limited capacity in their diaphragms are more at risk for developing back pain. And I can send you uh, links, Astrid, I can send you some links to those studies. And then if anyone asks you uh, specifically to look at those studies, they can uh, check those out for sure. Excellent. Yeah, we could definitely check those links because I will be posting all the information and you guys are going to be good to go if, you, if you're dealing with you know, back pain or neck pain or shoulder pain, all of this information is going to be fantastic. And you're going to be able to download the podcast, by the way. So, you know, that's that's great. Okay, guys, before we end the podcast, Jennifer decided to share a practice 
practice breath work with you. So we'll get to practice right now. How cool is this? I am very excited. So get yourself in a comfortable position, shut off any gadgets or distractions and get ready. Jennifer, whenever you're ready. Okay, awesome. So in the following breath work, it's called the four part breath work. We're exploring which parts of the torso aren't expanding fully with the inhale. And so if you're tight in your belly or if you're tight in your rib cage, either from holding tension in those parts of your body or from uh, doing too many, let's say, uh, abs of steel type exercises or too many crunches that end up uh, causing the rectus abdominis muscle to get too tight. This sort of thing is going to help you explore and discover where you're tight and where those tight muscles and that tension isn't allowing you to breathe to your full capacity. So we'll be stretching and releasing torso muscles so that you can breathe deeply and fully, deeply and fully rather. And we're also exercising and strengthening the diaphragm while we're doing this. The other great thing that's happening about this four-part breath work is you're taking the body out of stress mode and into relaxation mode. So as we go through this process, um, if you can, if you're in a position right now that you can lie down, go mm -hmm. ahead and lie down. If you have to sit up right now, that's okay. Um, if you can, like Astrid said, get rid of any distractions so that you can really focus on what's happening in your body right now. Uh, when we go through this exercise, try inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. Now, if you can't inhale through the nose, that's okay. Just do your best. And Make sure that your breaths are full and powerful. So your inhales will be strong and deep and your exhales will be complete. So the four parts uh, are the belly, the mid ribs, the breastbone area, and then the upper chest. So let's start with part one. So place your hands on your belly somewhere near your belly button. Take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale open mouth with a sigh. Do that one more time, a full, powerful, strong, deep inhale through your nose, and then exhale open mouth with a sigh. Let that exhale linger, and feel your whole body relaxing as you exhale. And then let your breath settle into its own easy, natural rhythm. And while your breath is flowing on its own, just take a moment to notice is there a rising and falling in your belly as you breathe in and breathe out? Just for now, without trying to make anything happen, noticing if your abdominal region moves as you breathe in and breathe out. And now let's move back to those powerful deep breaths. So powerful, strong inhale into your nose and an exhale out through the mouth. And now you're going to start to actually consciously and deliberately breathe into your belly. So see if you can actually make your belly expand as you breathe in. So when we're breathing to our full capacity and there's no tightness limiting the abdominal muscles or the diaphragm, the belly will expand frontwards and sideways. It'll expand out in all directions. So keep inhaling into your belly 
and then exhaling everything. Deep, strong, powerful inhales. And then let everything go as you breathe out. <sighs> nice. And then let your breath settle. Let it flow on its own for a moment. Relax your hands somewhere comfortable. And if you got tight or tense in any parts of your body, let them settle. Let them relax. Very good. Let's move into part two. So part two is the mid-ribs, sort of the area of your rib cage between your bra strap area and the belly button. Mm -hmm. And when we're breathing to our full capacity, those ribs should be able to expand out in all directions. So that's what we're going to explore right now. So if it's possible for you, place the heels of your palms on your outside ribs, on your side ribs and let your elbows relax down. If you can't comfortably touch your side ribs, just let your hands rest on your rib cage in the front. So again, when we are breathing to our full capacity, those ribs will expand out sideways. So starting with just your regular breath, notice if there's any outward movement in your side ribs. Are they pressing out on the inhale? And then are they softening in on the exhale? And this movement will probably be more subtle than the movement in your belly. So noticing what's going on in your ribs as you're breathing in and breathing out. And then we'll switch. So consciously and deliberately breathing into those ribs. So see if you can actually make some movement happen. And don't be afraid that you're breathing in too strong. Breathe in as strongly as you can through your nostrils, and then exhale, open mouth, let it all out. Do a few of those. Inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, trying to get as much movement in the rib cage as you possibly can. Full, strong, powerful inhales, like superhero inhales, and then let your exhale linger. All right, very good. Now let your hands relax somewhere comfortable. Let your whole body settle. Notice if you got tense, sorry, notice if you got tense anywhere. Maybe your facial muscles tensed up. Maybe your back tensed up. So let those areas relax. And let's move into part three. So part three is the sternum or the breastbone area. So right between the girls or right between the bros. Take the tips of your mm -hmm. fingers, just one or both hands, and let your fingers lightly rest right in the center of your chest. And the movement here will be quite subtle in most people, but still there should be, if we're breathing to our full capacity, there will be some movement here. So inhaling and exhaling normally, just notice if there's any movement in the center of your chest. You might be experiencing a little bit of rising and falling in that area. It's not unusual for people to be tight and stuck right through the center of the chest. And now we're going to start with a powerful inhale. So inhaling through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. Big, deep, powerful inhale. And then exhale everything. And when you exhale, if it feels good, you can make a little bit of a sound. Sometimes that can help to release things that are stuck. So keep breathing into the sternum area, right into the center of your chest, seeing if you can get some movement there, inhaling and exhaling. Deep, strong breaths. Very good. And then let your hands relax somewhere comfortable. Notice if the fronts of your shoulders are tight. Them release. 
All right. Let's move into the fourth part, which is the upper chest just below your collarbone. So if you can, place the finger uh, fingers on your chest just below your collarbones. Let your elbows relax down. Notice with your normal breath, is there movement in your upper chest? Breathing in and breathing out. And noting that <clears throat> both of your lungs actually come all the way up to the bottoms of your collarbones. So as you breathe in and out, if you're breathing to your full capacity, the collarbones will move a little bit too. <clears throat> and now let's move into that conscious, deliberate breathing. So breathing into your upper chest, powerful inhale, and then complete exhale. Do a few more of those. Make them last as long as you can. The longer your exhale lasts, the deeper your inhale will be in turn. So strong, powerful inhale. And then exhale, let it all out. Do one more of those, still breathing into your upper chest, just below your collarbones. Beautiful. And then let your hands relax. And take note. Is there any part of your body that tensed up, that didn't really need to tense up while you were doing this breathwork exercise? Let your breath settle. Let it flow on its own. Yeah. And so if you did notice that there were parts there that weren't expanding and moving as much, then that's a part that you can work on every day. You can practice breathing into that tension every single day, really strengthening the diaphragm. You can do this breathwork practice every day. And uh, let's finish it off by imagining that your torso is like a balloon. And as you inhale, imagine that balloon expanding in all directions. So big, powerful, strong inhale. Feel that balloon expanding backwards, sideways, up and down. Let it all expand freely. And then let everything go with an open mouth exhale. And then do one more of those. Full inhale and complete exhale. All right. Yeah, so practicing this regularly will strengthen your diaphragm. It'll take you out of stress mode and into relaxation mode. And it will help you uh, to reduce pain when you do this regularly as well. So I hope you're doing well. How are you doing, Astrid? I am doing very, very well. I'm actually extremely relaxed. I was following <laughs> some of the exercises. And guys, I cannot even tell you how great this is. It is just like meditation, but better because you're working your core. You're actually building more muscles in the back and strengthening your spine. So it's it's just fantastic. I really love it. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. That was amazing. I hope you guys are also relaxed and, and ready to take it to the next level. For those of you who are interested in this amazing breath work, Jennifer Cullen has several several courses on her website that you can follow virtually. And if you're nearby, you could actually visit her website, her Facebook page, and definitely follow along so you could go to some of her workshops. Right now, Jennifer has an amazing course, which is called The Posture Project. Build a better back, live the life you want. And you could find this on her website at www.bountifulyogaandwellness.com 
forward slash the posture project. I will provide that link either on my social media sites or below the podcast so you could definitely have access to it. But if you check her website, she has all of the information, all the courses, and this is fantastic, guys. It doesn't get any better. You could do it from the comfort of your house. You don't have to leave and go to the yoga studio, none of that, unless you're nearby and you definitely want to spend time with Jennifer. It is well worth it. So in addition to the videos and complete instructions for this breath work uh, that we talked today, it, it also includes exercises and yoga videos. So this is a full, complete course that everyone could benefit. Well, guys, this concludes our podcast for today. I hope you learned something new. Come back for a new podcast. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your secrets with us, and we'll hope to have you soon again. That's awesome, Astrid. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening, and see you soon. Stay healthy.